people live their lives for. Like live, their, their life is lived for. Other people. Other people. Give me an example. Yeah. People living for relatives, people living for their family. A lot of people are living for their dad to be proud, for their mom to be proud, living for their family's legacy. What are some other things that people live for? Like their whole life, they wait from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep, they're living their lives for. Money. money. And why money? Um, obsessed. obsessed. And it's not that people put a $100 bill on the wall and start bowing down to it. It's it's what money gets them. You know what I'm saying? Money gets them more opportunities. Money gets them more women, more men, more, more food, more whatever. And so, I get it later. So people live for money. What's one other thing that people live for? Thanks, man. What are some other things that people live for? Well, last one. Success. Success. Expound that for me. Uh, they just want to get to the top. People understand that success is an illusion to a degree. Um, if it's pursued wrong, like like if people pursue success just to get to the top, right, of this pinnacle, then when they get up there, they're not what? Satisfied. Success can be an illusion because people think if I could just only make a million, then you'd be like, oh, I'm still not happy with this million. Or if I could just make 10 million, I'm still not happy. So success can be an illusion because people are living for success, but none of these things can gratify you like living for God. What does it mean to live a fulfilling life? A life fulfilled or pursuing fulfillment. You can look up the definition if y'all want to help for sure. If you want to look up the definition to kind of help us with this. Fulfillment. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's the difference between fulfillment uh, and retirement? What's the big difference between those two? Fulfillment and retirement. Yes, sir. Yeah, what you got? What you got, man? Um, the achievement looking desired, promise Yep, yep, achieving. That's just our thinking caps. What's the difference between fulfillment and retirement? Who wants to take a stab at it? I'll go ahead and help you. Retirement is career or a career, right? Fulfillment is a calling. Now, what's the big difference between career and calling? Let's start, let's start there. What's the difference between career and calling? Your career is not necessarily your calling. That's true. And what makes it different from a uh, calling? What's a calling? I know we, you hear it a lot in churches and you hear it a lot with preachers, but sometimes we hear these phrases and we may not even know what they mean. <laughs> what you meant to do. See, your career is, can be chosen by you, self-chose, right? Calling is God chosen. And so my calling is what I'm called to do. God called me to this. He, 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 he wants me to pursue that. That's my life's purpose, right? Retirement says I worked for about 40 years and I stopped doing it. Do you know you can't stop your work? Like what, what okay, well, I don't think I did this with you all. Like, would you use a broke phone? Would you use a broke camera? Would you watch a broke TV? Just sitting in front of the TV and you just clicking away at the remote and nothing's coming on. You just sitting there, just you wouldn't do that, right? No. We only want to be around things that what work, right? So when people say you're broke, we gotta look deeper. The reason why people are broke is because they're not working. Do you know your work brings wealth? Like your work brings opportunities, your work. The Bible says your gift makes what? Room for you. 
and put you before great people. So if I understand that scripture in this context, it says that the more I work on my gift, the bigger the rooms I get in. Like, like there's certain rooms that that you're not going to be able to get in if your gift's not there. Like uh, people who uh, do poems for inaugurations or people who sing songs for uh, the World Series and all these different people. That gift brought them in a room of thousands upon thousands of people because their gift has made room for them, right? And that's the reason why a lot of people are single. A lot of people, reason why people don't have the successes that they want is because their gifts are dormant. Their gifts are not activated. Their gifts are not making room for them. So if you want to be in a room with, with the rooms of, I don't know who these uh, uh, scouts or, or coaches for teams or, or successful people, you got to have the gift warranted for that room. All right. So, for instance, the smaller the gift, the smaller the room. The average the gift, the average the rooms. The bigger the gift, the more massive the gift, the bigger the rooms you get in. So the question is, what rooms do you want to be in? Like you can you can you can articulate and scream to the high heavens that you want to be in certain rooms. But if your gift is not there, people ain't even going to go your way or in your direction. So retirement says I'm just going to work this career for 40 years and I'm going to stop. Fulfillment says I'm living for a greater cause, a greater purpose. Like like my gift makes me room <clears throat> like I'm living a life to be full to feel. There's a spot on this world in this in this world. That you were meant to feel. That's the earth. But that's how deep the hole is. Right? There's a hole. A spot that you was meant to, f- to feel. Do you know, just like we said last week, that a computer already comes with all the files. No, there, nobody purchased a computer. They didn't have nothing on it. Like Every computer has a calculator on it. <laughs> every computer probably has all the basic stuff. For it. it has files. It has all the foundational, fundamental things for you to actually operate the device and you can add stuff to it, but it comes with it. The same is with you. You're full to feel what you was meant to do. Fulfillment. I'm full to feel what I was meant to do. So what happens when you choose a career over a calling? Not that much success because which success is most important, eternal or earthly success? Of course, we all know the answer. Eternal. Imagine you're so successful on earth. You had an amazing career, NFL career, NBA career, you had an amazing accountant career, you had an amazing real estate career, all that kind of stuff. And you stand before God. Well, yeah. Can't draw God. But you stand before God and you're like, and God's like, but you didn't, you, you didn't use what you was full of to feel what you was meant to do. So what are you meant to do? Because that's what you're full of. <laughs> You're full of what you mean. You know, I heard a phrase, you full of it. Yeah, I'm full of what I'm supposed to do. So what I'm supposed to do is empty myself. If you, have, if you don't remember anything I said before, remember this. Live full, die empty. What does that mean? Live full, die empty. That's, that's, my, that's my model, one of my five or seven models, my, models for life. That my goal is to live full, full of God's love, full of God's joy, full of God's peace, full of ideas, full of creativity. And then about time I die, I'm empty. Fulfillment. I'm full to feel what I was meant to do. So I'm going to live full with joy, peace, love, creativity. But when I die, the way I want to go out is this. I want to go out. 
after they ate a good meal. I want to lay on my bed and say, I finished my, I finished my course. I finished my fight. I finished. I don't want to die one day sooner than I'm finished because I don't want to leave anything in me. I want to empty me. So a lot of people, they're living for others, but others won't judge you. They're living for money, but your money can't bribe God to get you in heaven. They're living for success, but if it's not eternal, you won't be, be successful. So every one of us got to say, what am I living for? Am I full? Am I endeavoring to empty myself of what I was meant to do? That's what Jesus did. The God blood that was in him, <clears throat> he allowed himself to be broken for. So that that blood in him, that payment can pay for the sin of man. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He came full, full of the gospel, full of a message, full of purpose to fill in us his spirit. That's why he says, man, I came to do what I was meant to do. I, Jesus wasn't uh, he didn't come in this world uh, um, just to be enjoying earth. He wasn't on vacation. He was on assignment. That other word meant assignment. Right. So what I was assigned for what I was meant to do. Do you even know the worst thing that you can have in your or the worst thing that could be in your life right now is not knowing what you were meant to live for. Find out as quickly as you can. I wouldn't invest in no relationship. I wouldn't invest in no uh, career. I wouldn't invest in no friendship until I know what I was meant to do. Because how many people full of what they was meant to do don't have nowhere to feel? Your audience is waiting on you. And a lot of you all say, man, my life sucks right now. No, God's writing a script. He's writing a story. He's writing something that when other people read, they will have hope. So who are you living for is what we're going to talk about on Thursday. And, and living for something greater, like living with God in mind, like 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 who's been who's been the best to you? Who's besides God? Who's been good to you that you say if they call you right now, you're going to help them no matter what? Your mom. your mom. So if your mom, no matter how tired you are, if you know your mom needed you, you're going to do it right. Who else? Who else got somebody to say, man, you know what? If this person calls me, I don't care what I'm in the middle of. I'm going to help them. They call me two in the morning. I'm picking up. Who's that person? Father. Your father. He calls you two in the morning and says, son, I need you to help me with this job. What you going to do? Simple as that. Do you know God has been more good to you than your mom and your dad? Like, like no matter. The Bible talks about it. I'm learning this right now. And, and throughout this year, y'all probably going to get a lot of uh, parallels between a dad and a daughter because this is my new chapter in my life. But <clears throat> the Bible says, if you being evil, Jesus said, know how to give good gifts to your children. What more will God give you? So right now, when I hold, every time she squirms, I'm jumping. Every time she, she's at her eight weeks now. So she's, she's crying differently now. Like she's trying to communicate. Like her cries are not cries. They're like, like little whimpers or like little um, fussiness, right? And so she's trying to communicate with me. And, and I'm like, what? Well, yesterday was rough, man. <laughs> she, I don't know. We both was hot. And she, because my wife was sleeping. She just kept moving. I'm like, fam. And, and I, was, I was like, man, I move when I sleep. So I, it, that's crazy. Like she, 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 anyway, so it was rough. She was sliding up under my arm and I was, you know, <clears throat> it was just, I, I'm new, man. I'm like, bro, like my wife got a down pack. She got the movements. She falling here and slide here. She's laying, she's laying across the chest. She puts her back of the head right in my chin. I said, fam, I don't know what we're doing here. Right. But every movement I'm like, and I'm like, if, if I'm like this to her, how is God to me? 
Y'all might not get that revelation. You have your own kids. But man, I am in a journey right now where I'm like, if I'm willing to give her whatever she wants, whatever she needs, I'm, I'm on Google all the time researching, is this healthy for her? Is this good for her? I'm looking at the vents, dusting vents, and, and you sneeze, or oh, it must be the dusting vents. I just changed the filters, but I'm still about to change them again, because why are you sneezing, right? <clears throat> if I'm that detailed with her, how is God to me? Which means I'm going to live for him. So my question to you is, what are you for? What were you meant to feel? That's your fulfillment. But a lot of people go into college to get a career to retire at 60. My calling, I'm going to be doing until I'm dead. I'm going to be talking, probably talking all the way until I don't care if I'm 90 years old, probably still talking, giving advice, consulting. What is you? What are you full of and who are you living for? So let's get right to page. Uh, what page we say? 37. All right, so let me read this. Uh, can someone look up John uh, 1, 14 through 18? Can someone read that for me? John 1, 14 through 18. You got Miles? Thank you, brother. My, Miles might do it next. You want to do it next week? All right, we got you, Miles. Again. Got some preachers in there. <laughs> Maybe got 15 of them. I'm joking. Stop. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. It says incarnation sounds like, thank you, brother, like sounds like one of those words people like to use when trying to sound smart. But it's really not that uncommon. Most of us have probably eaten chili con carne. Probably never heard it like that. But what's that? Simply chili with meat or flesh. What is a, carn a carnivorous dinosaur? Of course, it's one that eats meat. Another similar word is reincarnation, which refers to the belief in some religions that after people die, they return to life as another creature. Theologians use a term similar to reincarnation to refer to the birth of Christ, but we must be very careful not to confuse the two terms. Reincarnation means to place something that is in one fleshly form into another fleshly form. Incarnation, however, means to place something in fleshly form for the first time. So Jesus <clears throat> existed way before. It was by him at the foundation of the earth was laid, right? So Jesus has always been here, but he became flesh. Um, through the conception of the Holy Spirit and became man. And verse 14 says, in fleshly form, scripturally speaking, when divine Christ became human in a fleshly sense, the incarnation occurred. When verse 14 says the word was made flesh, it means that Christ became flesh. God, who is spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, had never before been in human flesh. So for the first time, the word became flesh. So he already, always existed. He is God. And he became flesh. The truth is, the, Christ, the Christmas message, uh, okay, uh, Jesus wasn't just any little boy in Bethlehem. He was God in the flesh, God incarnate. 
not a the, uh, theophany, I think that's where you pronounce it. Before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, God had appeared to men in visible forms, but not in literally, literal fleshly body. Now, why did God have to become flesh? Why did the word become flesh? Why was it important for the flesh, for the word to become flesh? Give me some reasons why f- he, he became flesh. To set an example, yep. So we got example. What else? Why did he, why did the word become flesh? Go ahead, Jay. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I thought you said something. My bad, my bad. You good, you good. Why, how did, why did the word become flesh? Hmm? Receive, yeah. Conceive? Gotcha. Receive. Last one. What's another reason why he had to become flesh? I'll put up there for you. Pay the payment. Blood in, blood out. So basically, he had to become an example. Why do you think God rests? Was God tired when he created the world? You don't get tired talking. <laughs> so why did he rest? To give us an example of rest. Work six days, rest one. Because you know good if you're burnt out. He also came, the word became flesh so that we can receive the word, the message. The message of the gospel of Jesus, the message that says we as sinful man need a savior. We need we need to receive him. Right. And last but not least, he came and the word became flesh for payment. If he didn't make it to the cross, we still would be uh, sent to hell on our way to hell. But he made the payment. He paid the payment because what Adam and Eve did was whatever this number is times a billion zeros. If we all put our little coins together, put our money together from all the way from Adam until now, we wouldn't have enough money to pay that payment. We couldn't have because it was an eternal transgression. It was a divine transgression. And in order for that bill to be paid, it had to be paid by the life of God. Only God can cancel out that bill. All right? And so when God canceled out that bill, now whoever wants to be healed, anyone who wants to be uh, um, 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 saved from the penalty of that payment, can come to him. So he had to become flesh. The word had to become flesh. Because imagine you having a word. But don't speak it. That word has to become flesh. Right? That word has to become tangible. Like my ears have to hear that word. Like that's why I tell people who have. Who are poets and, and writers and communicators. Let that word become flesh. Because when the word becomes flesh. Then it can be eaten. It can be digested by others. And bring life and strength to others. So. That's why I tell people, don't hold your message. That's why the word became flesh, because the ultimate message was God loves you. And I was sent to redeem mankind. All right. So it says uh, God had appeared to men in visible forms, but not in literal fleshly body. These visible forms are called theophanies. I think I'm saying it right on us uh, on at least six occasions. God appeared to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Uh, Ezekiel, Daniel, and John, but in each instance, he was not in flesh, maybe like a hologram kind of vibe, or maybe, or because you know, we live in an in, uh, interdimensional um, world, like so. Right now, our eyes can't see everything, right? We can't see the molecules, we don't, our eyes can't focus that intently into see molecules, we can't see demonic spirits, we can't, we can't see a lot of different things, but but it doesn't mean just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not there, right? And so Maybe God just like holograms. Maybe he, he's the one that invented holograms. Like, oh, there's someone there, but it's not flesh and blood, right? Um, but only in a visible form of theophany. In Bethlehem, however, Christ actually became man. 
The incarnation does not mean that God dwelt in man, but that God became a man. That's a big difference. That's why Jesus said it's expedient for me to go. The disciples, John, Peter was mad. Like, man, don't leave us, man. Like, 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 like who's going to show us the way? But, but God said, man, I got to go. Why? Why, do you, why did the man version of God have to go? Why did the God man have to go? The payment, yeah, but what, what, what did he had? What did he send after he ascended? The Holy Spirit. Why? Because dwelling inwardly is different than dwelling outwardly. So if Jesus, the God man, the God man can't, because body, your body can't multiply itself. And like, it wasn't like a thousand Jesuses. It wasn't like a billion Jesus that you got your own personal Jesus, you got your own personal Jesus where you got the bodily form. There was benefits because, man, the bodily form version actually healed people. <clears throat> the bodily version fed people. The bodily version was 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 empathetic. Like 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 it's, it sucks um, when the the person that meant the most to you die. Like when they die, it's like dang. I'm pretty sure when I'm gone, Chris gonna be like dang man, Uncle Josh gone. You know what I'm saying? If I pass away, some of y'all gonna be like man. He's not here no more. What about our donuts? And I still owe y'all chicken, but, you know, bear with me. Uh, chicken and donuts, uh, we'll get it this week. We'll get some stuff this week for you. But, but the bodily form, Josh, if he's gone, like, if I, for instance, when I left my other school, man, me and the principal in the, was in her office crying. I had, uh, Pastor Gould was like, I got a job. I got an offer that you can't refuse. And he really had an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> and I was like, but I, but I still prayed about it. And the Holy Spirit's like, man, what you doing, man? Going on, go on back to your alma right? And so that drive all the way to Briarwood was, 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 was heavy. I was driving slow. I called my principal. and said, I, I, I got to come talk to you today. It was before school started. And as I was driving, I was like, I, I mean, tears. I was crying because I was like, I'm going to have to leave these kids. The same kids that, you know, when they had their medication spitting up everywhere, who they called, Mr. Azzy. The kids that was fighting 7 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I had to come get them. Um, the kids I had to run on the bus to pull off a kid. I'm like, bro, y'all fighting at 7 in the morning? Them Fruit Loops, man, you got to put those cereals down. But either way, those kids, the kids when I walked the hallway, run out their classrooms, grabbing at my leg. The people that, the kids that was like, Mr. Azzy, can you read to me? There was times where I tried to hide from kids and you see the little fingers up in the door and say, Mr. Azzy, I know you in there. Right. The kids, I got I've been seeing pictures. I had 40, 50 kids eating lunch with me every single day. Packed. My office wasn't but so big. My office wasn't this big. But kids would be sitting on the floor eating they, they school lunch. So when I got to her office and she said, I already know what you called called me for. And I said, um, I gotta go. She cried, I cried. Now I think I cried first. Because I knew. The staff people will close the door to the classroom. I got to talk to you, Mr. Ezzy. I'm going through something. The teacher's crying. And so when I had a conversation with her, she said, you leaving here is leaving a hole like the Grand Canyon. That was her words. When I leave here, you're talking about the Mr. Ezzy that always smiled. The same Mr. Ezzy vibe, the Ezzy vibe I put in this school was the same vibe there. So imagine... Now, all of a sudden, when, I, when they call me, they'll text me sometime. Teachers will message me and be like, man, I wish you were still here. The cafeteria ladies was crying because they knew the absence of Mr. Ezzy means the absence of the daily benefits of that person. But the spirit of Mr. Ezzy is still in them hallways. Whatever I said, when I went to the visit my school last year, I mean, the kids running out of the classroom, dropping basketballs, running on the playground. Because the spirit of Mr. Ezzy is still there, even though the bodily version is not. But in that analogy, it's the same with, with Jesus, but a billion times greater is that he said, man, I have to go because I'm going to send something greater 
the spirit of God, right? And so that's that's the difference between God dwelling in man as a man or becoming man and God dwelling in us, right? It says the incarnation does not mean that God dwelt in man, but that God became man. He became what he was not before, but he never ceased to be all that he was for. So God, there's a the theological term. So when people ask about Jesus, just say Jesus was fully God and fully man. The seed, the Holy Spirit planted in uh, Mary was because we all know seeds. Right now, when I look at my daughter, and yeah, it's just what y'all going to get, right? Her mannerism, some of her mannerisms are just like me. When she was rolling, I got pictures of videos. She's rolling, hit back of her head in my chin, all that kind of stuff. She's moving. She's grabbing my beard. She's moving. And then when she finds her spot, she's asleep, right? My wife picked on me since we got married because she was like, you can't stop moving. If I don't, if I don't got my right sleeping spot, you're going to get kicked. You're going to get elbowed. I got And it's interesting how one seed in my wife, in, her, in my daughter, in flesh form, there are certain mannerisms. She's intuitive. She's looking like I think she's going to be just like me to a degree because she anytime she comes into a room or whatever, she looks. She her eyes just keep going. So there and as she gets older, I'm going to be able to see like, man, there's a lot of me in her. So what I'm saying is, is that when you understand the potency of that, then you will begin to see how man. what was my point about that? Oh, so God, Jesus was fully God, meaning that everything that was in God, everything in an orange seed, right, is a potential what? Every orange seed has what in it? No matter, no matter what it is and where it is. A seed, a seed, an orange seed can be in the ground or it can be on the shelf. But each seed has the power to do what? Each orange seed can be sitting to grow and become what? Whatever's in it, orange. So the same seed that the Holy Spirit planted in, in uh, Mary was the full DNA, the full uh, essence of God, of himself. He just needed flesh and bone. So Mary provided the flesh. The Holy Spirit provided the seed. That's why all three are one. So right now, all the way back to my great, 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 great grandfather, the same seed. The same genes, the same DNA, the same everything as in my great, 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 great grandfathers in me. I got pictures of me and my dad in Africa. We stand the same. When we were taking a picture, we, we stand the same. Like, like my laugh, the way, we, the way I crack jokes, my dad is very intelligent. So the way we crack jokes, the same wittiness, the same, the same thing he got, the same way I snicker and laugh. It's the same. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like, man. I'm just like you, <clears throat> like, like, like the forehead, the head, everything, the, the, the way he sits down. And I remember when they was, uh, um, little, uh, Michaela, Abby and Chris, man, they, they don't like when I deep dives When my deep dives, I'd be like, we'll be sitting around. I'd be just going deep about stuff, man. Life is like this. And, and you should think about this and have you ever guys, you know, in life, life is going to, and everybody, I hear Abigail, especially and Michaela, oh, maybe Chris, listen, I think Chris was chilling, but the other two would be like, oh, he's deep diving again. That's how my dad is. When he came over my house the other day, he just talked about one day, Josh, when you're a grandfather, you'll understand. I was like, all right, man. <laughs> Deep dive into being a grandfather. I said, man, I got some time for that. But, but, but thank you for the nuggets. Either way, 
That seed passed down all the way from my great, 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 great grandfathers. I'm pretty sure my great grandfather stood like we stood and everybody stood like we stood. So basically what it's saying is that the seed, your flash drive can hold everything on your laptop, right? So right, I don't know, maybe y'all understand this better. So y'all can get a flash drive and put your whole computer on that flash drive, right? That little small flash drive can hold everything on a computer. So the same thing is with the seed of God. So that seed was the full godness of God. Just needed a different wrapping, different, different package. He was fully man. So one of the reasons why he became man was so that he could understand. The Godhead in heaven didn't know it like to be called. I'm pretty sure heaven is always set on 68 or 70. I'm pretty sure it's nice sunny days and maybe rain over here. I don't know how heaven is. But, I'm, but I want some rain sometime. Rain kind of relaxing me. But maybe I'll be in the rainy areas in the swamp. Not the swamp. That's the ghetto. But the, uh, the um, anyway, what was I saying? Man, what was I saying? Heaven. Weather. Weather. Yeah. Trees. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> I did. Hold on, let me press pause and go back. Still forgot. Hold on. So, um, I've been holding the baby for like seven hours last night. Six, about five, six hours. Um, yeah, God, the Godhead in heaven didn't know it like to be hot or cold. So the reason why he had to come as man... Would you listen? I keep pointing at you because you're right there. Would you listen to somebody who didn't under, who didn't understand where you come from? You want to listen? Um, an American comes and tell, tell you about Africa, Congo. You ain't gonna like, you ain't, what you talking, man? You ain't never been to Congo, right? If if someone comes to you and says, you know, a boy comes to you and says, I know it's like to be a girl. Would you listen to him? No, right? So God said, man, in order for me to have a connection, I wired mankind to have a relationship. In relationship, we did this before. What's the two words? Never get on. Never get in a relationship with someone that won't relate to you. <laughs> so imagine when we are in our darkest moment and your suicidal thoughts, and you want to give up, and God was like, "I don't even know what that feels like. I'm sorry, I can't help you." Um, but you can leave a voicemail, right? God says, I know it was like to quit. The Garden of Gethsemane, you don't think a suicidal thought came into Jesus' mind? You don't think uh, a quitting thought came into his mind, the Garden of Gethsemane? They say he was so stressed that he did what? Sweat. Sweat blood. Like, he was so stressed that he was sweating blood. Like, like that's pressure. Like, so God said, no matter what pressure you're going, I can relate to that. I don't care who betrays you. I can relate that. Do you know what it's like? You, we've been betrayed by our little friends, but you ain't been betrayed where it costs you your life. The, the same man you done fed, the same man you employed, the same man that was over your money, the same man sold you for 30 pieces of silver. You couldn't get no, you couldn't get 20 bands for me. You couldn't get 100 bands for me. You sold me for 30 pieces of silver. Like, we've been betrayed by friends, but we ain't been betrayed like he's been betrayed. So God said, I've been tempted at every point, but did not sin. Meaning, so that no matter what point of sin you face, I've been there. To the highest peak. None of us had the whole sin of mankind on them. Like, imagine, I'll, I'll pick Jeremiah for this because him and his dad is close. If you, Jesus on the cross, and his father turned his back on him. How would you feel? 
you at the free throw line or wherever, wherever you are in life, a very challenging point, and your dad says, in front of everybody, how would it make you feel? How do you think Jesus felt? All the sins of man, because God couldn't look at him because he put all the sins, the sins that we all did on him, and he turned his back so he'll never have to turn his back on me. So imagine your father turning your back on you. He can relate to that. Those whose fathers turned their back on me said, man, I've been there. <laughs> I know it's like, I know it's like for, for, for a brief moment. Now, God wasn't a, a, a dad that forsook him, but you understand the parallel. He said, no matter what you face, I can relate. So get on the ship with me. So what he's saying is I had to become man because if I didn't, you wouldn't feel that I would understand. And so God's saying, man, I understand. Any questions? Thoughts, comments? Comments?